Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast where we discuss the artists, themes, and processes that define, as well as delightfully disrupt, the world of contemporary photography. My name is Asha Iman Veal, and I'm Associate Curator here at the Museum of Contemporary Photography at Columbia College Chicago. It is an honor today to be with two wonderful guests. Toronto-based photographer Jorian Charlton specializes in portraiture, with a deeply rooted passion for capturing the essences of Black culture. Through careful attention to lighting, atmosphere, fashion, and pose, they illuminate the rich stories of a generation of peers from the Caribbean diasporas, while also critically expanding contemporary Black Canadian representation. From 2021 through 2022, Charlton exhibited as part of the new Black Vanguard Photography Between Art and Fashion at the Arles Encounters of Photography Festival in France and subsequent venues across Europe and the U.S. How's it going, Jorian? Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yuka Zhou is a Chinese-born, Chicago-based visual artist and filmmaker whose work addresses connection, rootedness, and longing across natural and urban spaces. Her artworks focus on sites of shared dreams and transient encounters amidst the rush of contemporary life. Joe creates immersive experiences through digital collaging and sculptural reliefs. She has exhibited nationally and internationally in prominent art and public venues and is currently an artist at the New Museum of New York's Art and Technology Incubator, New Inc. It's good to have you here, Yuga. Thank you for having me. Of course. So it really is a delight to have you both showing work at MOCP this fall as part of our exhibition that's on view, Love Still Not the Lesser. I am excited to talk and hear and learn about each of your work in the exhibition, um, but this is Focal Point. As listeners know, our format is to for you to be able to visit the vault or look at the collection online. We have over you know, 17,000 photographic objects in our collection. And we're excited to hear from each of you why you chose what you did and why it inspires you. Um, So maybe, Jorian, if you would like to go first, um, please state and describe the artwork you've chosen. Can you tell us what it looks like um, for the listeners and the visual components that strike you and what compelled you to choose this today? Okay, so I chose a photograph um, from Carrie Mae Weems. Um, It's a photograph from her kitchen table series. Um, and in the photograph, she is um, at her kitchen table, and it's her and three girls. And I was just, from a photographic standpoint, I just, I love the use of like her light and shadow and composition, composition, sorry. I just think it's brilliant. And um, also this series, I feel like it's just iconic and timeless. Like as a young black mother of two, I'm just drawn to this image. Um, I feel like it also represents like the intricacies of identity and like family dynamics. Um, And also I feel like it just reminds me of emotions related to my own family dynamics. So kind of seeing this in, in an artistic and like meaningful manner, I feel like is empowering yeah um yeah I just feel like it's very meaningful and an influential like body of work yeah uh, and yeah I feel like it's important to kind of see yourself in work yeah um yeah yeah 
Yuga, what did you what did you select? Yes. Um, so the work I selected is called Sprinkler. It's by Dylan Vitong. Um, it is a black and white uh, documentary style photo. Uh, it depicts this expansive views uh, of uh, a vibrant uh, street uh, street scene of Pittsburgh, uh, where uh, you see groups of young people uh, and children um, just gathering and hanging out uh, on the sidewalk uh, on a hot uh, summer day. Uh, what you know when I first saw this image, um, I think what, what strikes me the most is how much it resembles a traditional Chinese scroll painting. Um, you know, with um, I think he used a technique of collage because I, I read uh, some of uh, his words and I think he mentioned that he shot uh, the um, the scenes on um, kind of a different different times. Um, so. Uh, in Chinese traditional Chinese score paintings, uh, it also you know the the paintings always illustrate a compressed narrative, uh, multiple events happening um, from different perspectives and different times, uh, but simultaneously you know on one uh, on one painting. And this kind of these photographs um, reminded of reminded me of that, even though you know it's it's done by a, a photographer uh, you know in America. Um, another um, element that really uh, made me kind of enjoy this photo is how people interact with each other. Uh, uh, you can see some of them looking at the camera directly, some of them some of them uh, are not, and some of them uh, interact with each other kind of directly, some of them kind of indirect, you know, in like uh, talking to each other uh, in, in more of an indirect manner, uh, which is like this classical uh, kind of life uh, in like an urban setting. Yeah. Uh, and they all look like they belong to kind of this small community. Um, and uh, there is this uh, group group setting, but also discontinuous, um, you know, this sense of discontinuous feeling of they are not completely connect in a way because, you know, like that is kind of a typical uh, myth of uh, urban life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting with the love show, it's not only about romantic love. It's not only about partnership. It's certainly not only about um, hetero partnership. All the works on view illuminate dynamics within sensual eroticism, family structures, social utopia, life and death. Um, they also show and in ways declare different circumstances of love and how love can serve various intentions. Um, something that I hope that viewers can really connect with and feel comfortable with is experiencing all the different ways of love across um, different phases of life, different communities in a way that, you know, maybe they can also, when they come to the museum, feel a moment of connecting with the love um, they've experienced themselves. Sometimes I think we just need to remember what that is. You know, it's, it's almost like you're saying you get in your work. We live in, you know, these places that can be so intense and life is so fast. And I think, you know, love slows you down in all sorts of ways, or it's, sometimes it is the only thing that feels real, you know? Right, yeah. And it's something also very primal, you know, yeah, and it's it universal. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm wondering if each of you could talk a little bit about what types of love are we seeing in your work? Um, maybe Jorian, if you wanted to go first, um, who are these people that you're collaborating with? What's the story that you all wanted to tell together? And how did you think to construct these narratives? I feel like a lot, um, or like when I really started 
um, photographing, you know, different relationships, whether it be romantic or like sibling relationships. I was thinking a lot about like the Black Family album and kind of creating my own archive. So a lot of the people I photograph are friends um, and family. Um, so I feel like there is like a deep level of trust there. Um, even if the people I'm photographing like aren't friends, I feel like I've met people and maybe we've built a relationship online um, and have kind of followed each other's creative journeys and then we build from there and then, you know, maybe we end up, I end up photographing them. Um, but I feel like a lot of the time it really is a collaboration. Yeah. Um, you know, when I start to get to know the person more or, um, for example, Georgia um, in the show, I had been wanting to photograph her for a long time and, you know, we became friends and then I finally photographed her and I was like, I actually want to start kind of exploring more sibling relationships. Yeah. Um, after photographing some of my friends' kids and like having kids of my own, um, I just wanted to start documenting those kind of relationships. So I ended up photographing Georgia and her sister, and it's been something that I want to continue. Um, so, yeah, I feel like just thinking a lot about um, those kind of relationships and just you know, archiving yeah. and having kind of, you know, yeah, having my own kind of archive. Yeah. For viewers that will come to MOCP, we have one image of Georgia, not with her sister, um, but Georgia alone from 2021. And it's just this stunningly regal, um, deep brown skinned young woman who's laying alone in a field. And I think, you know, in my essay I wrote, it's a scene befitting a goddess of romantic lore. Um, I remember seeing your show at AGO in 2022 in the spring. It was the first time I'd seen your work. I think it was like March 22 and walking past the gallery. Um, and I knew I wanted to see your work specifically there, but just like that's the first thing I saw. And it was so striking. And I mean, I, I didn't ever I didn't ever forget it. Um, we've talked about this kind of in early conversations and reading you or reading, you know, interviews with you online. But what does it mean for you to show, like, just Georgia also as someone who is just a goddess of, you know, romantic love, I think? It's so nice to just be seen and just really take up space. Like, when I kind of reflect on when I first started, like, thinking about photography more seriously and just being, like, just intentionally documenting Black people, I really... Did not see myself so i feel like that was discouraging when i was really starting out and trying to kind of find my place like i just felt like um especially when i was in school i just felt like i didn't i didn't fit you know um so to now be able to show my work in these spaces is everything yeah yeah um, yeah yeah. Again, just nice to be seen and like really take up space. Yeah. So who are who are um, Shy and Lex, um, two of the other folks, and then Sen and Melise, two of the other folks that are on view? Who are they? How did you meet them? And what are they up to in these images? Again, um, Instagram. I feel like a lot of people um, I photograph, 
not necessarily meet on Instagram, but maybe I've met them in passing at an event. I feel like a lot of the people that I'm in community with, I end up photographing at some point. Yeah. Uh, so Lex, he's very, um, I would say, I feel like he's, he's pretty popular on Instagram. He does a lot of um, styling. I don't want to say, you know, influencer, but he um, does a lot of like fashion work um and styling and like creative videos based around fashion mm-hmm. he's known for like really um playing with statement pieces and layering and um shay is his partner and they also create together um shay is a dancer and yeah i just they had been photographed together before um but I was just really drawn to them and I just asked to photograph them and yeah, we just started messaging each other and set it up. Shay and Lex basically had styled themselves nice. and yeah, we just experimented and playing around, played around. This was actually shot at Lex's place in Toronto and yeah, we just experimented. I didn't necessarily like, I had a few references, but um I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do yet. It was just one of those, okay, like I might have a reference or two, but I'm just going to show up and we're going to kind of wing it. Um, But yeah, it was really nice. It was very comfortable. It was like we had already met before. Yeah. You know, and um, Sin and Melise, Melise, I'd never met um, before um, shooting that day. Um, but I'd known Sin. Um, they are, I guess, really popular in like the the party scene. Yeah. Um, I actually have not seen Sin for a while. Um, uh, yeah, but I had seen Sin at like many events and just knew I wanted to photograph them. They're yeah, just honest and just a character and. Yeah. I love their energy. Yeah. Yeah. This is another real life couple also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Both real life couples. Um, Yeah. It was just Shay and Lex and Cinema Lisa. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Lisa, that was her horse. Um, And yeah, I just thought um, in shooting them together, you know, just shooting them somewhere where they both love or like, go somewhere to kind of get away from the city yeah yeah excellent um so you got all right yeah so back to love letters um i'm curious to know who the dancers are that have been part of the series the same two people Mm -hmm. um the locations that you've selected i'd love to hear about them for summer as well as winter right yeah and um so these were both shot during the pandemic during right yeah um i think it was post lockdown but still pre-vaccine yeah it was like well i think it was the summer one was shot in 2020 i would say you know and then the uh, the other one's 2020 the transitioning you know the winter of 20, 2021 yeah yeah and yeah. it was this moment where i think um you know so many people that maybe had not understood what it was to be isolated from family and friends that right. had previously had that as a support it was like a new thing 
And for you, it was, you know, the pieces that we see, they're actually about the pandemic, but they're not really only about the pandemic. Can no, you talk yeah. about that as well? Yeah. You know, it was interesting because I, um, you know, when the when, when we had the pandemic just started and, uh, you know, it, was, it started in China and uh, I was really worried about my family and uh, and I was actually kind of like, oh, you know, we're fine here. <laughs> but then we see uh, two months and we, we're all under quarantine. I just how this how this thing just like travels you know like yeah. the globalization of everything really even the virus yeah. um but you know this this project um i think in the beginning there was this really uh strong sense of uh kind of almost like a longing for collaboration because you know because that we were so isolated yeah. and i um i was thinking of something to do and and to do with my friend and my community and i know we couldn't really kind of meet each other physically and I want to find something to just like have this get get us together even on zoom uh, so that's just like a, a simple motivation you know a desire for me to to connect with uh, with my friend and with uh, you know with those artists and the choreographer so I uh, I reach out to uh, the choreographer of the piece uh, Hannah Santis-Taman um, I hope I pronounced her last name correctly um, Please don't be mad at me, Hannah, if, if I'm not saying it right. Um, but um, so so I just kind of told her about this simple idea I have, and I wanted to do this uh, piece uh, called Love Letters, and I wanted to talk about how lonely we are kind of in the city, you know, because you, you don't really think that you feel like we, we meet so many people every day, but it's such like this kind of brief intersections of lives, you know, and we really uh, are very lonely people uh, in uh, in urban setting. Um, so, and I, so I just want to have this piece that talks about how kind of isolated we are and uh, about the separation, um, but not really just about the pandemic, um, something more timeless, you know, uh, kind of more universal and how we long for connection, um, just to build a relationship with each other, just simple communication. Um, so I uh, asked her to um, to kind of uh, choreograph the, the just a couple, you know, but they are talking with each other using their body language. Yeah. And I want the whole series of the work to be about the body language. And so there's no dialogue. Uh, one of the reasons is because, uh, uh, like I said many times, English is not my first language. So I always feel like uh, words are not my strong suit. You know, I, I want to use more kind of a body language to convey my emotions and almost like signs and symbols uh, in communication. So, yeah. and uh, uh, I, I really just, I, I, I gave her a couple kind of instructions uh, of, you know, how I want the arc of the of the piece to go. And then I, you know, I was focusing a lot on location, kind of finding locations, you know, the backdrop of almost like the stage. Uh, and uh, the summer piece uh, was shot in Chinatown, um, which is, I feel like uh, I'm more familiar with, you know, since I'm from China. Uh, uh, and also um, the uh, the setting is just so beautiful. You know, there's this really beautiful graffiti uh, on one side of the bridge. Another side is very industrial looking, uh, like this kind of neighborhood, but also has a sense of neighborhood. Um, 
And uh, um, so the summer piece is, uh, you know, about these two two uh, couples. Uh, they each of them stand on uh, one side of the Chicago River, the east bank, the east bank and the west bank of the Chicago River, and they are having this dialogue using their body language. This is kind of just a back and forth. Um, and uh, uh, what's interesting is that when we filmed the piece, it was shot uh, live, you know, with two cameras. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, like occasionally you see that uh, there's like the boats. Uh, uh, there's, I think, three, inst uh, three moments when you, you see like this big uh, tourist boats uh, uh, kind of passing through <laughs> uh, in the, on, on the river. Uh, and it's almost like uh, you break the illusion of the stage uh, and it becomes like uh, okay, this kind of uh, life, you know, in Chicago, this, this mundane, ritualistic, everyday, everyday moments. Uh, I think there's something really poetic about that. So that's the summer piece. We did uh, most of our rehearsal. In fact, I think all of rehearsal on, on Zoom. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's also my first time working with dancers. Um, the, the two dancers, uh, one of them is, uh, Rebecca Huang. He, uh, she's actually graduated from Columbia College. Nice. Uh, Hannah, uh, the choreographer, she's also a graduate from nice. the, from Columbia College too. And then another, um, um, dancer, um, we also call the movement artist. Uh, uh, his name is, uh, uh Sam Crunch. Um, so, uh, it's the first time I worked with two of them and, uh, it's, it's really a great experience to just like, uh, watching them because there's a lot of, uh, movement phrase that was set by Hannah, uh, and, uh, but there's also a lot of improvisation on, on the spot. Uh, I think I want to, uh, we want to leave some room for just, you know, how they naturally, uh, communicate and yeah. how, how the two people communicate with each other. And, uh, yeah. at the end, um, they, uh, slowly synchronize their movements slowly synchronized um uh and uh you know it kind of become like this almost like one person that's 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 kind of interesting uh yeah. uh that just kind of came naturally yeah. uh for us uh and for the winter piece uh it actually was can i ask one more question sure. about the summer yes. so yeah. they're standing across the river from one another yeah in red and blue also yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, I, I chose the color of the costume. One is because I really want them to, st to stand out. Uh, uh, you know, also it's just that I feel, I don't know, it's just, you know, I kind of like, like the red to symbolize passion, you know, yeah. and blues, like the water or something more calm, you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. So passion yeah. meets calm. Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, for the winter one, we shot in a snowstorm. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, it's, it actually, it was in this, uh, you know, the piers uh, in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Um, and uh, I liked how the piers looks like it's, it's um, it looks like most like a cross, you know, like an intersection on yeah. the streets, you yeah. know, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of abstract idea, but I, I, I like this idea of, uh, you know, two of them had this brief encounter, yeah. you know, in, this intersection, yeah. uh, and uh, they had this playful chase, yeah. uh, and which is shot on you know in one take. Uh, both videos uh, are shot in one take, and and uh, uh, for the winter one is a bird eye view. Uh, but the two dancers had this really playful chase, almost like hide and seek, you yeah. know, on, on this yeah. uh, this pier and in, in a snowstorm. So they had you know they when they were dancing their uh, the marks because uh, you can see their the trace of their movement on yeah. the snow, yeah. um, and. Uh, and then at the end, uh, it's unresolved. You know, it's like they, 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 they meet each other, and uh, we don't know how it ends. You know, yeah. and uh, and I think something beautiful about that, and something, yeah, uh, 
uh, realistic about how we meet people in yeah. in, in the city. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so two two pieces. Um, it's it's not like they are not necessarily a continuous story. Yeah. It's almost like those uh, couple they meet in different settings. Yeah. And they they communicate and uh, and then they 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 part ways. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So technically, winter was that hard because it was a bird's eye. It was an aerial view. How did you execute that technically? Yeah. Uh, well, it was first of all it was because you know uh, the. We had to work with the weather, and I wanted to do I wanted to do this in the snow in a snowstorm, yeah. uh, because it's such so Chicago, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, um, so it's actually the day before um, the snowstorm. That's when I called everyone. I'm like, okay, that's a day. <laughs> Tomorrow is a day because I know it's gonna it's gonna snow, uh, and uh, so um, we just. The it was a drone, you know. We used the drone um, to shoot the scene. Yeah, um, I thought it was a drone. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of really hard to, um, you know, for the videographer to kind of handle the drone because it, it, if if because the, the wind was really strong, uh, we were only able to do I think almost like two and a half takes. It was just like it was just so it's kind of dangerous. Yeah. The drone would could could fly away, and we we were we tried really hard to make sure the drone was like st- stabilized, um, and. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult for the dancers because it was slippery, and we just you know they were so brave and uh, so accommodating. I, I I couldn't be more grateful for their sacrifice. But yeah, we did it, uh, and I think we, we used the second take, uh, and it was it was it was great. It was just the it looked it it, it was a harsh environment, um, but the shooting itself is filming is actually kind of fun. You know, yeah. it was. It was, uh, we had an umbrella and everyone's <laughs> just so cold and uh, we were just so like game, you know, like yeah. we had to get this shot on yeah. this day. Yeah. Uh, I, I somehow, uh, you know, um, it turned out to be a, 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 one of my favorite piece because how I know how difficult it was to shoot, but then how much the energy we had on the yeah. set. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Can you give us a sneak peek of what will fall look like? What will Love Letters Fall look like? Yeah, so the fall piece was actually shot uh, um, in, uh, so we, we already shot the piece. I'm just uh, color correcting it. Uh, okay. And uh, it, was, it was shot um, also across the river, um, but we had all the, you know, because it was shot in the fall, so it was like the yeah. color was ch- the the colors of the leaves were changing. So we shot, yeah. uh, I think, it was uh, end of October, uh, and uh, and it was just a beautiful sunny day with the uh, all the fall colors, and uh, it was again the two 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 people, uh, uh, the couple, they were kind of had this. Um, continuation of their dialogue uh, across the river. Uh, but the river is actually, um, you can step into it. So uh, as they talk, uh, they were uh, kind of like walking towards each other. It was a shallow river and they were walking uh, towards each other. And then they had a, kind of like a duet in the middle of the, the water. So wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, when we shot it, there's a deers. We had a couple of deers pa- passing by. Uh, they were looking at it. <laughs> yeah, so it was like kind of interesting. It was it's like perfect. I've oh, oh, done summoned. Yeah, <laughs> summoned perfect. animals. Yes, perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Jorian, we'll just keep asking you the next couple of questions in case you have to go. Uh, so something else that I think um, viewers will notice and that's written about in the text, um, and something that actually a lot of reviewers can pick up in your work is that 
you know, amongst so many different striking qualities, you consistently articulate a strong sensibility for intimate physical pose. Um, Jorian, both you and Yuga do this just so exceptionally in a, a way that um, really makes your work stand out, I think, amongst a lot of folks in the field. Um, you know, like body language and portrayals of intimacy between people can be such an interesting thing to see and understand. Um, because I think that for so many of us, you know, in person, we don't even know what to do with our own bodies. Sometimes we're not conscious of it or we're misreading, you know, the cues of others. But you're actually, you know, using photography to tell stories through form and pose of people's bodies. And we can sense the relationship and just what they mean to one another. You know, you're also doing this through like declarations of fashion as I think a way of not only style, but self-love um, and just kind of seeing that through physicality as well. So I'm curious, what is your, you've told us a bit, but what is your process about knowing how to physically work with your collaborators? Like, are you instructing them how to move? How do you, how do you do this? I get the mix of both. Yeah. Um, all the time, I really do feel like it is a collaboration. Like either the person might have a few references of their own or just an idea of something they want to do. And then, you know, I'll have my own references and we'll kind of build on that. So it's kind of a mix of, you know, me directing and um, them also just, you know, maybe trying different poses. Um, usually, like, I'll start with kind of just just be you, just be yourself, whatever motions, you know, you do, just kind of go with it. Yeah. Uh, and we start out that way. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like even if they feel awkward or feel like it's uncomfortable, usually it's really not yeah. I feel like it's just cameras there can feel that way I'm also very very chill and like a go with the flow yeah um type of person like when I'm shooting yeah uh, so yeah I feel like I also like to shoot in you know very domestic spaces or like if I don't need to be in the studio I, I won't um yeah and if I'm in the person's space, like as long as they're comfortable with that, I feel like it just helps them to helps them also be like more comfortable. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it just makes for, um, you know, a, a moment. Um, but yeah, again, like just really a collaboration and like, like a deep level of trust. Um, I feel like I, photograph a lot of um black women and I feel like there's just um a deep connection there like whenever I shoot with um another black woman like even if I know a lot of people I photograph are friends but if it isn't someone that I've known it already feels like we've known each other yeah and then can you tell us about your the show at AGO Jorian Charlton out of many this was your first major museum solo, I believe, right? So that show, that was um, also kind of a collaboration with my dad's images, actually. I guess you could kind of call it like an intergenerational dialogue. Yeah. Um, in 2017, he literally handed me like a bag of 35 mil film slides. Um, and I really didn't go through the film until maybe two or three years later. He was moving and just asked me to keep this bag, these bag of slides, um, because he didn't want to put it into a storage facility. And but he just never said anything about it. He's not. I feel like he's like the typical 
Caribbean dad. Like he just he doesn't say much. He's very stoic. Like he he just doesn't say much about anything. Um, so he never told me what these pictures were. Um, just nothing. I've just always known him to take photos. Yeah. Um, but I'd only ever seen like you know family photos of me and my brother or you know his sisters and like his mother, but that was all um so I finally went through the photos and the first one I saw was like these aren't like candid just you know snapshotty photos like these are photos that were like well thought about like composition lighting everything um and again thinking back to the Black Family album and um I feel like a lot of Black families just I feel like the album has just been lost. Like for my mom's family, for example, like they don't have a family album. Um, so I feel like a lot of our history has just been lost. And I just really wanted to take care and like preserve um, these images. So I thought it would be um, interesting to kind of have my photos in conversation with his um his being in like like a family room family album kind of style yeah um, and they're basically photos that he took between kind of his immigration story I would say like photos he took between the late 70s and the late 80s between Jamaica um, New York and Toronto and um yeah it was I feel like his immigration story and just his life in photos and kind of exploring the family album, which is something that's private, but kind of having it in a public space. Yeah. Interesting. And um, yeah. 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 I'm thinking about your work that was um, public art in Toronto as part of the Contact Photography Festival. And, you know, the ways you've talked before about the Black Family album representation um, seeing people that you feel look like you from the community and even like these iconic movies and films that we've never forgotten. Um, how was it to see your work like on a billboard in the middle of Toronto for you, but also I can imagine what it was for other, just other people, but also other women, other black women, like just walking down the street and seeing this. Also, what was that image specifically? Can you tell us about the one that was up or at least the one I've uh seen? Yeah. This is the one for contact you said right yeah yeah so that was actually another photo of georgia from the same series um that will be in this show yeah um, yeah and it's just her kind of the camera's kind of angled up so it's kind of like her looking down almost um that gaze like just her looking at you but um yeah that's also from that series and it just I don't know. I felt, I definitely felt like really, um, really good. I didn't know how, I feel like how big the image, like I feel like when you think about it and it being on the side of a building, like you're thinking like, wow, like that's big, but until you actually see it in person, you're not really taking it in. Yeah. Um, but it just felt really nice. Um, people felt seen. I got a lot of really kind messages um from people um just again about seeing themselves and just feeling um really proud so yeah it just made me feel really proud 
Yeah. You go, Joe. Maybe one last question before we lose each other today. Mm -hmm. So you actually studied computer science in Syracuse. You had a whole other life before that, working in right. performance, doing yeah. many things. How did you make the move into, yeah, your current career as an artist? How did you transition? Um, yeah, um, I knew that I wanted to be an artist from when I was really small. But I I never thought I could do it because it was uh, I, I you know I know um, you know especially when uh, when I was in China it was um, not a very practical profession uh, and uh, I uh, ended up studying computer science when I was in college in in China um, and uh, I you know it it was fine I, I did enjoy it and then um, I subsequently uh, got a. You know, my master. I was in Syracuse and uh, Syracuse University uh, to uh, pursue my master of science degree. In, in, in you know, in, in there, and I. It was interesting because it was a huge change of environment for me. I was in China and uh, uh, everything was familiar, and then I all of a sudden uh, came to America in a small town because you know I was in Beijing, uh, and and then you know and then to Syracuse. So it was a huge change, and at that time I really wanted to. I, I couldn't really speak English, and uh, I really wanted to some somehow express myself and just find a hobby to do. So I picked up a camera, um, and uh, I start filming the landscapes and. Cityscapes, uh, and uh, I just f fell completely in love with it. While I was studying um, um, computer science, I started to build a portfolio, a photo uh, portfolio, and then ended up uh, deciding that uh, I guess this is my calling. You know, I'm gonna uh, uh, seriously pr pursue a, a career as an artist. So as soon as I finished my uh, master degree in computer science, I uh, came to Chicago and started my Master of Fine Art uh, in uh, School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Yeah. So using the using the portfolio I put together, you know, with uh, with my kind of black and white uh, photographs. Yeah. Uh, and then I ended up um, kind of uh, got interested in video uh, and video art, uh, almost almost as an extension of a still photograph, because yeah. I, I enjoy how kind of stories unfold through time, uh, you know, yeah. in front of my camera. So that's how kind of I transitioned from um, computer science to um, to art. And, and but I do think now nowadays, I feel like they're all kind of connected, because I think I used a lot of the logical thinking, you yeah. know, in, in, in computer, uh, computer science, uh, in my work. Um, and uh, especially with my video collages, you yeah. know, it's very precise. And uh, also with my video installations, uh, there's a lot of te technology stuff that embedded in it. So I think I was able to utilize uh, kind of both uh, of my backgrounds um, yeah. in my work, which is cool. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm determined to be the artist for the, for the rest of my life. So I'm, I'm very grateful, you know, that I can, I, I, I made that change um, and uh, I, I'm able to Make, make work that um, kind of express myself, you know, in this strange country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once again, thank you to our audience for listening to Focal Point. Focal Point is presented by the Museum of Contemporary Photography at Columbia College Chicago in partnership with WCRX-FM. Special thanks to the WCRX team. Additional thanks to our music by Zavi. To see the MOCP collection's photographic images discussed today, please visit mocp.org backslash focal point. You can also follow the Museum of Contemporary Photography on Facebook and Instagram at MOCPshy and on Twitter at MOCP underscore Chicago. 
If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Focal Point anywhere you receive your podcasts.